0: Usually when a country revamps their transfer pricing rules, it doesn't mean good news for multinationals, but Italy's recent overhaul of their guidance from 2010 isn't all risk elevation and potential adjustments and penalties, particularly the part about being able to select your own transactions for penalty protection. Do I have everyone's attention now? Excellent. There are many details, so I will say having your antennas up listening to this episode could make a world of difference in your tax planning in this already high-risk jurisdiction for the foreseeable future. We have Cross Borders' own Valina Valeria Marino with us on today's show to discuss this story in details. And we'll be giving a more thorough overview of the updates and our news rundown for today's episode with those unfamiliar with the news. Quick note that you can earn CPE credits for listening to this podcast. Here's how it works. We're planting three CPE code words through the course of this show. Send all three to all one word, the Fiona Show at xbs.ai. Again, that's the Fiona Show at xbs.ai and we'll respond as soon as possible with your certificate. In speaking of, let's take a look at transfer pricing in the news. Italy is saying ciao to its old transfer pricing guidelines. The Italian Revenue Agency, or the IRA, just released a new set of rules. The regulations replaced the 2010 version, and the new requirements have more layers than a terra tiramisu. What should taxpayers expect? An ME group is now required to prepare both a local and master file for penalty protection. Taxpayers must supply the same amount of documentation, despite the Italian entity's position in the group. While the new master file and local file requirements generally align with the BEPS Action 13 standards, there are some notable differences. The IRA is requiring a detail detailed with a capital D master file that spells out everything going on behind closed doors. We're talking about group structure, intangible assets, intragroup financial activities, and the group's financial information. In other words, a big new pile of transfer pricing paperwork. It's a good thing Italians love that super strong espresso. They're going to need it. You've got to pay to play, in France that is. The French finance ministry is distributing notices to tech giants that it will be collecting a digital services tax. Amazon and Facebook have already been contacted by the French authorities. How soon are they expected to pay? This is where it gets tricky. While the 3% digital services tax had passed in 2019, the actual tax collection was suspended early this year due to OECD negotiations. The finance ministry was adamant that it would begin collections in December regardless of the outcome. Well, here we are in the final month of 2020 and finance minister Bruno Le Maire is on taxpayers like butter on a croissant. There's power in numbers. 18 nations have been added to the OECD's list of jurisdictions that meet minimum standards on harmful tax practices. Established in 2015, the list is a direct byproduct of the work from the BEPS plan. I know you're dying to know who made the list. How much time do you have? The OECD added Aruba, Belize, the Cook Islands, Curacao, Dominica, Dominican Republic, Georgia, Hong Kong, Jamaica, Maldives, Mauritius, Morocco, North Macedonia, Qatar, St. Kitts, and Nevis, San Marino, Switzerland, and Tunisia. Still with me, the report also found that compliant countries, Jamaica, North Macedonia, and Qatar, who although not on the list, have seven unfavorable tax regimes in effect. Don't worry, they're working on getting them cleaned up. Cross-Border Solutions recently relaunched Transfer Pricing University, a live webinar series where you can learn about modern-day transfer pricing, everything from methodologies to comparables to preparing documentation to meet country-specific regulations. Good stuff, I know. Chief Economist Mimi Song leads the sessions. I just ask the occasional obvious question. Since our program is NASBA certified, you can earn one CPE credit for joining each session. Pretty sweet. So what are you waiting for? Join us. For Transfer Pricing University Weekly. Classes are free, so now you really have no reason to miss it. Sign up at xbs.ai/slash TPU. Thank you so much again, Valeria, for being with us on The Fiona Show to talk about this breaking news, at least in the transfer pricing world. As everyone heard in our news rundown, big news out of Italy. On November 23rd, the country introduced new transfer pricing documentation guidance, which replaces guidance from 2010. What is the purpose of the new requirements?
1: So on November 23rd, 2020, the Italian Tax Authority issued a new new instruction with reference to the content of the elective transfer pricing documentation. Those instructions made significant change to the, the previous instruction. The reason is because the instruction, so the transfer pricing rules in Italy were established in 2010. Even though there is a specific reference to the OECD guidelines and to the newly released guidelines in 2017, the TP rules were never, in Italy, like this instruction, were never adjusted to BEPS. So, the reason why the Italian tax authority releases new regulation was mostly because they need to align everything to BEPS Action 13 and to have a more consistent approach with, uh, with the, the new BEPS action items.
0: And there's more transparency or it brings more transparency to the Italian Revenue Agency. Overall, what do the new requirements mean for multinationals?
1: I would say there is an increase of new documentation requirements, um, even though it was a pretty intense the level of information that the Italian entity had to provide in order to get you know, a compliant documentation in the past. Now, I've seen that actually those requirements have uh, increased and more information and details that have to be provided.
0: And what should new documentation include?
1: As in the past, we do have the local file, the country file, and uh, the, the master file. The main difference is not in the two document that has to be provided, but mostly in the structure. So they have completely changed the structure of the Italian documentation.
0: And is the content presented as the OECD recommends in Action 13?
1: Is a little bit different. So I would say in terms of what needs to be included is actually in line with the Action 13. But the, the way it's presented, the structure is different from the one that we are used to see in a BEPS Action 13 report.
0: Let's actually dive into that for a moment. How would you best describe that structure vis-a-vis what m would normally expect or what they had before?
1: One thing that we should say that in in Italy still now, I mean, for the the documentation in order to be compliant, needs also to respect all the requirements in terms of structure. So the Italian regulation, the old regulation, but also the new one, will exactly say, what needs to be included in the next chapter and the information that should be in there and the way the report should be structured. So in general, like most of the countries, like we say the UK or the US or in France, like most of these countries, they accept the US has its own regulation and we know, but as long as all the requirements of the 662 are respected, the documentation will be compliant. The same like in the UK, in France or in other country. So as long as all the information are included within the report, even if the structure or the format is a little bit different, it doesn't matter. In Italy, instead, the the format of the report is very important. So what you see in the old one, but also in the new one, it's again, the tax authority is pointing in the, the structure of the report and what needs to be included in each chapter
0: now, before we get to the different features of, of every chapter in this structure, just focusing on what is new about the requirements themselves, there are a handful of items here, the the master file among them, that are now mandatory.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's something very important because before the master file was only mandatory if the Italian subgroup or if you have the quarter in Italy, of course, but of the Italians, if you have an Italian subgroups. And also with the specific rules was not always mandatory, like you need to own more than two entities outside the, the European Union, and there are other requirements. Now instead is mandatory, and it's mandatory in order to get penalty protection. So this will this will be a challenge, and it's also mandatory. So for subsidiaries, so if you are only have a subsidiary in Italy, it seems that you have to provide this entity with a master file. So also the master file will be provided to the tax authority in case of a request. It is not clear if this is gonna be the case. There are a lot of open points. I'm hoping they will clear out during the next month, especially before we start working on all of this. It seems that the master file can be in English and we don't know if it's possible to leverage the headquartered master file or needs to have the Italian structure. It seems that it. Can it. can be in English, but um, there's a rumor that this can be just a typo. And then they will also request a master file in Italian with the Italian structure. And that's going to be a lot of work.
0: Well, let's dive into the master file for a moment. It does require more information than before.
1: Yes, before it was very general and only includes information about the Italian subgroup in the past you can it was very well accepted the you know the headquarter master file if it includes any, some general information about the subgroup the Italian subgroup most of my clients were just presenting one master file which was a master file on the group and just integrated with some of the requirements the Italian regulation now. Oh, is actually pretty different. It's a, a very structured requirement that needs to be followed in order to be compliant with, uh, with the new regulation. So if we look at the new regulation, we see that the master file must include all general information with reference to the multinational group, which is quite similar to BEPS. And uh, most of these requirements are actually in line with the master file action by ACTION 13. There are... Different specific information that needs to be included: some ch- um, description of the activity of the group, but will also they go more deep, asking like uh, all the profit generator. They, um, they ask the main intercompany service agreement, the main market, uh, also like a brief functional analysis of all the entity of the group. Instead, before it was just a main. The requirement was more focused on the Italian subgroup. In this case, the master file will actually disclose all the information we reference to the overall group, which is in line with action 13. It's just a different structure.
0: why should you have to spend your whole &; d tax credit on getting your &; d tax credit? It's your money. keep more of it with cross-border solutions. the global leader in AI-driven tax solutions Request a demo today visit xps.ai/rd that's xbsai RD. And in speaking of that structure, it seems as though as functions have changed, so must the forms they take. With the master file specifically in mind, how have the new regulations changed the structure of the master file?
1: It's mostly it's like exactly what the structure will look like. Like each chapter, what it needs to include. In this case we will have um, five chapters the first one will have just a general description of the group the second one will have a description of the activities carried out by the group and uh, information about that the third one a description of the intangible asset owned by the group including all the information that relates to R&D or IP management or uh, intangible assets or any kind of TP policy related to R&D or the intangible. And then the chapter four will be a description of all the intercom. Any financial transaction, including, uh, I don't know, cash pooling or all the TP policy or financial agreement in place within the group. And the last one would be just a group financial report. So the consolidated financial statement of the group, and then information about any kind of uh, APA or tax ruling within the group.
0: And interrupting very briefly for our first CPE code word, and that code word is Ferrari as in the jewel of the Italian automotive industry. Again, that code word is Ferrari. Back to our conversation. The new regulations stipulate particulars about the intangible assets and also financial transactions. What kinds of information is the Italian tax authority requesting?
1: It's very important that needs to be provided now with the master file, all the group strategy with reference to R&D and uh, intangible. It is important to disclose all the information with reference to the intangible asset that pertains to the TP purposes, so with reference to the intercompany transaction. All the intercompany agreement with reference to this transaction, financial transaction intangible has to be disclosed along with the TP policy. And (laughs) everything with reference to the intangible asset and financial transaction now needs to be disclosed and provide any details.
0: And what about financial transactions? What kinds of information must be included with those?
1: I think that's a pretty similar to what is required by action, the master file, Action 13. So um, just having a general overview of the financing sources of the group, if there is any centralized financial function. So like it's cash pooling, how this works and the agreements in place, the rates applied and any policy with reference to the financial transactions. So this is pretty in line with Action 13
0: right so what kinds of financial reports does the tax authority want to see
1: mostly is the consolidated financial statement and then as we said also a list of the apa or any tax ruling uh, involving uh, the entity of the multinational group
0: and what about the local file what are the new requirements there
1: so for the local file must include information with reference to the italian resident taxpayer and uh, the new structure required, as we said, that each chapter has specific information. So like chapter one will be a general description of the entity, which include the history, the market trends or the industry analysis, the operating structure, so how they are organized, like description of the individual that perform, you know, the day-to-day function, including also the countries where they have like principal office in case like you have no employee or they're managing in other countries. It's important to say that all of this information that are now included in chapter one, they were actually included previously in one, two, and three. So it's just a matter of consolidating those information within one chapter instead of having divided in three as we had in the past. Then chapter two, is what we used to call chapter five so it's actually a description of the intercompany transaction at the beginning as we used to say in the older report there is a summary of all the intercompany transaction and the amounts and then the section have to be divided in subparagraph for each transaction that will be uh, analyzed. Chapter three will include the uh, financial information. In this case, not like in the master file, we are not going to include the consolidated financial information, but we will include the individual financial statement and also the statement that provide like the segmented financial informa- information, which will reconcile the PLIs used to apply the TP methodology. and. Fun fact about the attachment, no longer needed the transaction flow. So in this case, the attachment would only be the copy of any intercompany agreement and also any APA or other cross-border tax ruling involving the Italian entity available for the fiscal year.
0: And what kind of financial information needs to be included in the local file?
1: So as I said, we will need to include the individual financial statement of the entity And it's very important in this case also to include, this was not required before, include the statement that reconcile the PLIs used to apply the TP methodology. So we will need to make sure that in the TP documentation, we have all the supporting file to reconcile the tested party results.
0: And again the local file is mandatory for penalty protection?
1: Yes, local file is not mandatory, it is elective, but it is mandatory if you like to receive penalty protection. One thing that we should say is that in the past in order to get penalty protection you need to provide the tax authority with a, a local file that includes all the intercompany transactions occurred during the fiscal year under analysis. Now the news with the new instruction is that that The taxpayer can actually decide which transaction will be covered within the report and for those transactions we'll receive penalty protection.
0: And what do these new regulations mean for small and medium enterprises?
1: So I believe that for small and medium enterprise, uh, the definition is still the same. The only news is that now the regulation also specified that the entity cannot directly or indirectly control or be controlled by another entity that does not qualify as a small or medium enterprise. So the requirements is still the same, there's just this specification about the control. in. The new guidance, this is good because they confirm that the small and medium enterprise are not required to update the economic analysis in the, in the local file during the following two years. So it means that if you do the documentation for fiscal year 2020 and uh, you will Confirmed, you're still a small and medium enterprise. Your financial profile didn't change, and the financial profile of the trans- related to the transaction on that analysis has no change. You can just use the same economic analysis for the two following years.
0: And I want to interrupt very briefly for our second CPE code word, and that code word is Vinci, as in Leonardo da Vinci, Italian polymath of the High Renaissance, who is widely considered one of the most diversely talented individuals ever to have lived. I don't really know for sure. I'm just quoting the Wikipedia page. Turning back to our conversation. And in 2018, Italy introduced a decree that proposed adopting a simplified approach to low value added intercompany services by applying a 5% markup on costs to meet arm's length standard. What do the new instructions have to say about this particular decree?
1: So the new instructions say that is it possible apply to the simplified approach? Also because you know that's the new approach, the safe harbor from the OACD guidelines. The only thing is that now, I mean, it's clear that the taxpayer have to prepare a dedicated set of additional documentation. It's not clear if this would be part of the master file or a complete separate document from the local file or like an attachment. I think it's something that has been, you know, requested the tax authority to provide guidance for you know, like this documentation. Um, it, this to be part of the doc- the local file, the master file, or just a third separate documents.
0: Indeed, have there been any changes to the language requirements that documentation should be submitted in?
1: No, the documentation should be submitted in Italian. The master file it say that can be in English, but I mean, there's a rumor in Italy that it's a typo, so I don't know. Maybe maybe it will be it will be allowed to. To prepare the master file in English, that would be good, especially for all the multinational entities. They don't have, you know, to have two versions of the master file; just having one in English. But um, we'll see. We'll see later.
0: So that would be more of a preference or a special case if they accepted a master file in English, is what you're saying?
1: Yeah, it's not clear if the master file can all also be presented in English or has to be presented in Italian. I mean maybe we, we hope it can be presented in English so that you know all our international clients they don't have to translate and have a double version of the answer file.
0: No matter the language although it should be in Italian as you're saying it should be submitted electronically the documentation.
1: So the the documentation should not be submitted, but should be signed by the legal representative uh, using a d- digital signature, which has an electronic timestamp, which in Italian is marca temporale. It's something that will be applied to the documentation. I uh, will give like a you know a timestamp, so that you know when the documentation was prepared. In the past. The Italian regulations say that the TP documentation should be contemporaneous to the tax return, but you don't have any obligation to add any date or submitting the documentation. Right now, the documentation doesn't need to be submitted, but needs to be signed by the legal representative, which is the same person that will sign the tax return with this digital signature and adding this timestamp. The timestamp will be actually will add a date to the report in order for the tax authority to verify the report was actually contemporaneous to the tax return.
0: know what? Wait, who am I kidding? Sign up for a free demo of cross-border solutions transfer pricing technology today at xbs.ai slash tp. That's xbs.ai slash tp. If the Italian tax authorities request documentation, how long does an ME have to hand it in?
1: So in the past, it was 10 days, and so now it's got extended to 20. And if there's any additional documentation requested, that should be provided within seven days after the request.
0: Now, the new instructions also introduce some rules regarding amended tax returns after November 23rd, 2020. Can you tell us about those?
1: So there's no penalties or interest for amending tax return in open fiscal years if, of course, like the transaction don't met the arm's length standard.
0: Now, just taking a couple steps back here, I think we've painted a very vivid picture of the new rules in Italy. What are your recommendations, given these changes in the structure to the reports, uh, the increased requirements, especially for larger m and and then we'll get into smaller and medium sized?
1: So, my recommendation here is actually to take advantage of the new regulation and start preparing documentation for the Italian uh, entities because now the main difference is that in the past, the ME that has subsidiary in Italy had to disclose all their intercompany transactions involving the Italian entities. Now, instead, you can actually pick the transaction, you will like to receive penalty protection and you will analyze only those transactions. So you actually have the taxpayer actually have the power, has the power of deciding for which which transaction to analyze and for which transaction they would like to receive penalty protection. So maybe if they had, there is any risk or they don't want to disclose everything, this is now the time to prepare the Italian documentation the new regulation are very in line with the action 13 so all this information were also previously if someone was used to preparing the italian doc all this information were ready in there so there is nothing completely new just the level of the details but it's good because now it's by transaction.
0: It seems like there's a increased uh, focus on intangibles. Does this carry any greater significant risk based on industry or situation?
1: Yeah, no, of course. And the focus is, uh, of course, on intangible and the financial transaction. And it's very important, especially, you know, in Italy with the new patent box uh, and the the focus that they have on the R&D transaction. And it's very important that when a multinational decide to prepare the documentation in Italy if they decide also to disclose information about their transaction um, involving intangible or a financial transaction. It's very important to follow all the requirements and uh, make sure that each document required by the new instruction is provided in order to get penalty protection.
0: It does sound like certain industries, pharma comes to mind, IP heavy industries will be significantly impacted, also have the opportunity for greater penalty protection, given that they can pick the transactions. But it does also seem as though this revamp of the regulations keeps in mind some of their goals when it comes to the electronic or the digital economy.
1: I think that this will impact all um, all industry and also the the digital economy. So in general, like uh, all industry would be impacted by this new regulation, and it's good, as you said, for this big industry like pharma and having the possibility of having or preparing documentation maybe they were not doing it before, but preparing documentation, only disclosing some part of the intercompany transaction they have, um, also remove a lot of heavy lifting from this entity. Because you know, one thing is preparing documentation for one transaction, and other things is preparing documentation for 50, 100, which is the case for a big pharma entity they have. It's possible they have more than 100 transactions, intercompany transactions, and that's, that's a, a lot of work. It's very expensive also for those taxpayers to prepare this documentation. So the new regulation will help And first of all, I think we will see more documentation, everyone will be more willing to prepare the documentation and we will see also single transaction documentation. Just given
0: Italy's place in the world and the total revamp of the structure of what they're asking for in their transfer pricing documentation, how do you feel that this emphasizes the role of technology and how it can make the documentation filing more efficient?
1: I feel that the role of technology here will play a, a huge role because now finally we have the possibility of documenting only a few transactions, selective transactions. Most of the transactions are you know, the same within the group. So having the efficiency of preparing documentation using artificial intelligence that will give you, you know, consistency within reports and also you know, will give you the possibility of leveraging information from a country to another, that will play a, a very good role. Also, how quick a document can be prepared, using the artificial intelligence. Let's consider that now the Italian documentation must be prepared, must be ready by the time the tax return is submitted And you have the stamp, you know, you need to put a date on it. So using the artificial intelligence to prepare the TP report will actually help speed up the whole process.
0: And I want to give folks their third and final CPE code word, and that code word is Caesar, as in Julius Caesar, the first emperor of the Roman Empire. Valeria Just considering your experience as a transfer pricing expert and everything you've told us today about how this restructuring of Italian transfer pricing is going to work. What do you think the message here is for multinationals? And how do you think multinationals should respond? Feel free to leave any advice you have for them here.
1: I feel that with everything that's going on with the pandemic and this new regulation actually will provide help. To multinational entity, even though um, from a professional standpoint, and also as a consultant, I've seen this with the new stuff to study (laughs) and uh, to make sure that everything is. We were used to the 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 old regulation; we had that for ten years, and now we have new one. But reading through the new regulation and the possibility of preparing report by transaction will actually help the multinational entity with their Italian documentation. Italy is one of the I think, most high audit risk for transfer pricing. Transfer pricing is always in the top three when uh, when there's an audit in Italy. But I will say this will actually, will simplify the way transfer pricing documentation were performed in Italy, will give possibility to a lot of entities to prepare their documentation, will also increase, you know, the level of protection that they can have during audits.
0: And I think that just about wraps us on this breaking news story that we've devoted our entire episode to. Hope this enlightened everyone at home. We want to thank you for tuning into today's show. We also want to thank Valeria for extending her expertise on this subject. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Fiona Show podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And while you're there, don't forget about our short form sister podcast, Fiona show hot off the press. That's where you can find all of the latest reg changes and transfer pricing headlines from around the world in under 10 minutes. My name's Matthew Demello and they let me host, edit and engineer this podcast. Christy Clements is our associate producer. Mary Lynn Mitchumstrom is our executive producer. Until next week, everyone stay safe and wear a mask.